Welcome to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guests on today's podcast are two high school friends um, from Corner Canyon High School here in Salt Lake City. They've graduated. Their names are Luke Warnock and Andrew Heath. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, they are the class of 2019. I became aware of both of these men um, because my own son used to, at Cottonwood High School, used to play against their team, and um, they became a rivalry, and we lost some games, we won some games, and we'll talk about what Corner Canyon did. I'll let them tell the story. Um, this is a podcast about friendships, staying together, and differences. Um, Luke Warnock is, has been the student body president of Corner Canyon High School, He's been on our podcast before. I'll look at that episode number for you. You can just Google Luke Warnock, Richard Osler, and you'll find that. Luke, um, key member of the basketball team forward and came out as gay his senior year at, at Corner Canyon, serving as a student body president and also this state championship basketball team. And Andrew Heath is his you know best friend, long-term friend, and another member of the basketball team active LDS. Luke is um, not religious. And we're just going to talk about how this friendship didn't change. Luke is going to talk about how he was pretty scared to come out to a couple of his long-term buddies and if that would change the relationship. And Andrew's going to kind of talk about his feelings about having a gay friend. Andrew has a call to where? Tell our listeners where you're going on your mission. Yeah, it's the Belgium-Netherlands mission, speaking Dutch. And when is your MTC date? October 14th. And you're in this world where you may go to Belgium or you may go to New Mexico exactly. or Florida. When do <laughs> you, you find know. that out? Um, I believe what I've heard is that it uh, comes more, it's it's about, it's like halfway through the MTC, I think, so is you'll usually. Go, you'll go to the MTC experience mm-hmm. at home, which is online, and then you yeah. may be reassigned. Yeah. Uh, is, are you okay just not knowing where you're, were that, or are you just at peace because you've been living with so much ambiguity yeah. in the middle of COVID? Share with our listeners, you're the first guy I've sort of had on the podcast that's in yeah. this road. Share yeah. with our listeners about that. Well, it's it's funny. I I actually, uh, I have to be careful saying this because um, I've had some people <laughs> um, get mad at me, but it's, it's actually, so honestly, I'm okay with going wherever. Um, I, I I always bring up that I I would you know I would go to Nebraska if I could, but I've got some people who have been to Nebraska and love Nebraska, so they get mad at me. But I um, I genuinely I would be okay going anywhere. I I'm just I'm so excited to serve. So that's great. Um, let's go back. I'm just going to quickly see how quick. Well, I'm not going to do two things at once. Um, talk about. For our listeners that didn't hear your earlier podcast, Luke, just talk about, bring us up to the point where you're wanting to tell people about your sexual orientation. Okay. Um, where to start? There's, um, there's a lot. So when I was in high school, I had a longtime girlfriend for like two and a half years. Um, we were super committed, loved each other very much. We were planning on getting married. Um, it was, it was really serious, but uh, about around August of my senior year, so right when my senior year started, I was 17 years old. Um, I started having some questions about my sexuality. I, uh, I started journaling. I started kind of exploring things, just trying to find who I was. And um, 
through therapy, through journaling, through self-exploration, by October, I realized that um, I wasn't just bisexual. I realized I was actually gay. Um, and that was really hard to deal with, especially growing up in Draper, Utah, having like only LDS friends. Basically, I was I was worried and I, I didn't um, I didn't really know what to do. I was in uh, kind of an interesting situation because I was student body president at the time. I was on the basketball team. So a lot of uh, situations where you don't normally see uh, people coming out. Um, so by October of my senior year, I knew that I was gay. Um, I didn't really have anyone to tell. I told my family. Um, so they knew and they were super supportive. Good. Um, they had my back. So that was nice. So I had people I could rely on. I had that backbone. Um, but I knew, oh, excuse me. I knew at some point I would have to, uh, come out to my friends. So, um, that year I actually met some, some new friends who were in the theater department. Um, incredible people, just some of the best people I've ever met. And I, I became friends with them in November and, uh, I felt super comfortable. I felt really comfortable in that friend group. And, um, by new year's, um, it just kind of transpired and I ended up, uh, telling them that I, I was exploring my sexuality and, and I think I'm gay. And, um, so that was the first group of peers that I ever told about my sexuality. And it was kind of like a, like a weight lifted off my shoulders that at least some people knew, you know? Um, but on the basketball team, I had my friend Andrew who's here with us now. And then, uh, my other friend, Gabe Toombs, um, they they were brothers to me. I, w- I would die for them. And so I knew I had to come out to them because they, they were everything to me, but I was, I was terrified. Um, one, because I think it's, it's a little more difficult to come out to people that you're extremely close to and that you have such a solid relationship with you don't want to mess anything up and um we'll talk about it but it shouldn't mess anything up it should it should be irrelevant really but um there's that fear and then we were in the midst of the basketball season our senior year we were going for the state championship um so I didn't want to mess up the team chemistry either (laughs) because I wanted to win state Mm -hmm. so there was kind of those two conflicts that I had to deal with so um I kind of held that in um I didn't tell them for a while. And then I think it was around, it was after the basketball season, after we had won the state championship, I think it was in April. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I came out to both of them privately and it went beautifully. They had my back. They loved me. Um, but that was one of the scariest moments in my life for sure. Just like driving over to the house, kind of like hyping myself up, getting ready to come out to them. I was terrified, but, uh, it all worked out really nicely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that all played out. Good job. Um, you use some vocabulary. Don't want to, you know, these guys I would die for. Yeah. And those, I think of my high school friends and I'm 60 years old and I feel the same way about my high school friends Mm -hmm. and the things you've been through in the sports that brings you together and share a state championship. There's a lot that, and I could, I just, I can sense that the fear you would have that you would lose people that love you. And that's part of doing this podcast is, you know, how do we respond to people that come out to us? And um, as you're mentioning, Luke, um, Andrew and Gabe did a great job as well as your family. I know your mother's family. I grew up with your mother's family. I'm older than your mother, but 
you, I know that part of your family and what a great, you know, family that is. And our listeners, it's episode 159. If you want to scroll back and hear Luke's full story, it's a great podcast. Talk about, um, Andrew, talk about your friend, Luke, introduce your friend, Luke to us. Well, <laughs> um, well, you, you did a beautiful introduction. Uh, Luke's resume is quite a bit <laughs> heftier than mine is. Um, but I, yeah, Luke, Luke is, um, like, a, you know, you said it beautifully. I, um, I would die for Luke. Luke is, um, yeah, he's one of my best friends. Um, yeah. In, in high school, I mean, would you like me to sure. kind of go through? Okay. So I, I mean, my kind of side of the story, actually me and Luke were not very close, like my, <laughs> my sophomore and junior year. And, um, and I, I'd actually even go as far to say that I, Luke wasn't my favorite person on the team, but <laughs> I, um, we are, so kind of our end of our junior year, um, we kind of realized that the basketball team was our team and, um, me, yeah, me, Luke and Gabe kind of, we always were, you know, we were friends, we were, uh, but we, um, we, we became really, really close and, um, it kind of just built as we gone on through that year. And, um, and I, um, so early in, in that, uh, in my senior year, um, it's actually, it's, so I actually, I had been talking me and me and uh, Luke's girlfriend were very, very close to, um, we all worked together. Um, and I, um, I remember talking and maybe having some, some suspicions and stuff that I, um, I didn't really, yeah, see, see that, you know, he was, I, I didn't foresee that, you know, he was going to come out as gay. And, um, but I, I actually had someone who, um, outed him to me. Um, and I, you know, I was frustrated <laughs> at, at first. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, not with Luke at all. Um, I was frustrated with the fact that I, that she had told me, uh, because I knew that that was something that Luke, you know, had to do and, uh, had the right to do. And, um, and I, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, it was frustrating because I wanted to just say like, dude, I love you. You know, I, um, this doesn't change anything, you know? And, um, and I, I feel like as I, as I went through the year, you know, I mean, I think it was six months from, cause I think I, I knew in December of that year or that, or that, you know, that previous year. And, um, I think there was like a good, you know, five or six months or so that, you know, I didn't, I, I knew, but you know, I, I couldn't, you know, tell, I actually, I confided in, um, another person at our high school who had come out as gay, who was close with Luke and, you know, and I asked, you know, you know, what's the best way to go about this? You know, like I, should I just tell him, would it be relieving if I just, you know, told him and, and he told me, you know, you know, wait, you know, he, that should be something that he, he should, you know, tell you. And he has the right to tell you that. And, and so, um, so I waited and, um, yeah. And when, when he, when he came, when he finally came out to us, I was like, dude, I've known for like five months, I just couldn't tell you. And, um, yeah, but me, yeah. And, you know, we, we went to college last year together and, you know, we're, that's a, that's another thing is it's, it's something that's, um, you know, our friendship is something that lasts for life. You know, it's a lifelong friendship and, and I'm super, super grateful for Luke. Good, great segment, Andrew. Talk about the importance of keeping confidentiality. So you're starting to open up Luke to people about your sexual orientation. And right. I assume the assumption is that people will keep that confidential. 
And it sounds like it, some people did and some people didn't. Right. Do you want to share the importance of confidentiality and talk about that? Yeah, well, I mean, going through a period of self-discovery about your sexual orientation is an insanely difficult thing to do. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I was so terrified to even acknowledge this part of myself. It took so much work, like an unbelievable amount. So when you confide in people and you tell people your, your secret, this thing that you're even scared to tell yourself that I like for so long, I would sit in my car for hours and just say, I'm gay, I'm gay. And just like sit with that and just like be okay with it. And like, it's such a difficult thing to do. And so when you're telling other people that it's like a monumental moment and you, you have to trust them. And that's why when I came out to that group of friends that I didn't know as well, I think that's a testament to how much I did trust them and how comfortable I really mm -hmm. felt and how safe I felt in that group. Um, and I'm really appreciative of all those friends that I had. Um, and so I felt okay coming out to them. And obviously it got leaked out. I kind of I knew that was the case, which is the sad truth. Mm -hmm. um, you're in high school. People have drama. They have gossip. It's going to get out at one point or another. So I, I knew that was, that was a real possibility. I was hoping it wouldn't happen. And it, it stayed pretty confidential for the most part. Um, and I didn't know that Andrew knew. Um, thanks to Andrew mm -hmm. for letting me get there like at my own speed. Um, but it's, it's insanely important to keep it confidential. If someone shares with you, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be their sexuality. If they share with you something that is deeply personal, deeply scary, um, it's important that you, you honor that. I think that's, that's the key is just honoring that friendship or that relationship, that trust. Um, because if that trust is broken, it's really hard to repair because that is like, I, I don't even have the words for it. It's just, it's very important to honor that confidentiality. I agree with that. And sometimes information is power. And if I have a piece of information about somebody it could elevate me that I'm kind of in the know or I've got the latest scoop or, and in my own insecurities, I might share confidential information to elevate me to sort of show that I'm, I know something you don't know, or somebody's trusted me. And I recognize that's selfish on my part. And if my objective should be just what you're saying is to be true to the person that shared the information. And even if it's secondhand to not pass that on, cause that can be pretty, Difficult. Um, let me ask Luke a question. So, you know, you're in the six month period where Andrew has learned you're gay and you don't know that Andrew knows you're gay and you'd like to tell Andrew. Are you, do you wish Andrew had asked you earlier or are you glad that Andrew never approached you about this and just let you do it on your terms? Um, I think that's an interesting question. I think each have their pros and cons. Um, and I think. I can't speak for everyone that comes out. I can only speak for myself, but I'm grateful that Andrew let me get there at my own speed um, because that's such such a big deal and such a an important moment of self-discovery. If if someone asks you about it and you're not ready to share that, it it's like you're being blindsided. Um, 
So I don't think I would be offended if he asked me. I think I made a deal with myself. The moment I finally came to terms with it and I was like, okay, I'm gay. I have to deal with this. This is like my new reality. Um, I made the deal with myself that if anyone I knew asked me about it, I'd be honest because I don't lie. I'm not a liar. That is, yes. <laughs> so if someone asked me about it, I would have told them and it would have gotten out that that day. <laughs> but no one asked me. And I'm grateful that Andrew didn't ask me, especially because he's my brother. So um, I think getting there at my own speed was really um, showed me how much he cared about me, that he would hold that for so long and be okay with that just to let me get there um, at my own pace, which I really appreciate. So I think um, it's it's always, it's good to let people get there at their own speed. But um, if someone had asked me, I definitely would have been truthful about it. It's interesting. I th- the thought came to my mind that it's really Andrew being unselfish and Andrew um, putting your interests first that kept him from asking because he just he cared about you so much. He wanted you to talk about this on your terms, even though he was willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about, and I think the reason I asked that is I think it's great advice in parent with kids situation. Just, you know, if we suspect somebody in our circle is LGBTQ and we want, and we want, we wonder if we should talk about it. I think I like your point that every situation may be a little different, but I love what Andrew and you did in this situation. Andrew, as you're thinking your buddy here is gay and he's not talking about it, are there things you're doing just to communicate you're a safe person that when he comes out that you can handle this? Or is your approach just to continue to treat him just the same? Um, talk about just what you're doing to, because you, are you worried this relationship will change? Are you worried that Luke, I mean, you're probably thinking, how's Luke, how's Luke thinking I'm going to respond? Just talk about what you're doing in your mind these, this period of time while your buddy, you know he's gay, but he's not telling you. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'll start by saying that I, you know, there are things that I did before I knew that Luke was gay that I regret. Um, And, you know, I I think that any, I think it's important to say that any LGBTQ advocate, um, you know, it's, none of us are perfect, you know, and we, I think that especially in the culture of today, it's, you know, it's something that we have to break norms. Uh, we have to break, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things that we have to do to be less judgmental and more loving and supportive. Um, and, but that doesn't mean that you're perfect um, and you've made mistakes. And I did, I, I have made mistakes in the past and said things that I, um, I shouldn't have said. And, you know, and um, I think that when Luke came out, I think that it, you know, cause I, I, I mean, my mom is is a big LGBTQ advocate, and she's in you know she's in the church, and that's something that I've been raised with. Is you know I, I feel like I've had an advantage over maybe other people who who don't have that same uh, privilege. Um, but you know it's funny I you know we we talk about this moment in the car. We were, we were coming from I think we went like went to the mall or something. I had to go pick something up. Asked him if he wanted to come, and we um, were <laughs> on the way back. We were playing. I was playing like playing George Michael and it's like, Oh, Luke, this song's about him coming out. And, you know, and <laughs> I was like, isn't that awesome? And, you know, and I had always, you know, Luke's, Luke's very, um, you know, Luke, Luke has always been very, very supportive of, you know, the LGBTQ community and, um, even before and, you know, and, um, 
you know, that's always something that I've respected about him. Um, and so that was okay. That wasn't, you know, blatantly, but I was kind of trying to hint at like, you know, like, you know, and I think it's great. So, you know, you know, and so, I mean, there was definitely, but there was changes that I noticed that I did make when I, when I found out that Luke had, had come out that, you know, of things that, you know, when, when you're a high school basketball team, I think sometimes there are things that, you know, that come out that, you know, you shouldn't be said. And there's, um, you know, there's locker room talk and, yeah, you know, that is a culture. thing. Yeah. And well, Luke was a part of that locker room, you know, talk. Like, I mean, he, he wasn't someone who contributed in a negative way, but he was in the conversation. And, um, I think when I recognized that I, I tried to not seem, you know, completely obvious and say, Hey, like, you know, but I, um, you know, I, I found that there were things that I might've said beforehand, um, that I, um, would regret if I, you know, if I had known that Luke, you know, had come out. So, um, I think it, it helped me to do a lot of thinking, um, a lot of contemplating. And, um, when someone, you know, that close to you comes out, it's, it's not, it's no longer, you know, oh, that's something that happens. It's something that, you know, is happening to you. It's very personal and causes you to, you know, make changes in your own life. And, um, maybe think about others like, man, if this didn't happen, you know, I, you know, I would, as advice, I would, I would say, you know, start that now. Don't wait until someone comes out, you know, start now, like, you know, know that, um, our LGBTQ, uh, brothers and sisters and, you know, plus are, um, they're very, just as important as, as, uh, everyone else. Uh, they're, they're, um, yeah, Heavenly Father, we loves them just the same, and we um, we need to do everything we can to to make them feel more comfortable uh, where they are and to feel more loved, because that is the biggest um, yeah the biggest problem I think that is uh, you know uh, has faced our generations for a long time. So, That's a good, great segment. How? how close did you come to saying I'm not going to be Luke's friend anymore? Or he's gay and I'm straight and this is, he might have a crush on me. Um, maybe he's been a friend for me because he really likes me. Did you, did you, cause I went down that road mm -hmm. as a high school student when I knew there were gay people at high school and I pulled away. Yeah. And I thought that's what I was supposed to do as a Latter-day Saint. And it kind of was just uncomfortable for mm -hmm. me. So talk about, I mean, this is, and I'll read from my book as I talk about how I responded and how you responded, how different it is. And to me, the way you responded is the way Christ would respond in a much better way than I responded. So talk about your thought process as your best friend is you realizing he's gay. Um, being completely honest, I didn't, um, it didn't change anything for me. Um, if, if anything, it made me, you know, feel the need to tell Luke that I loved him even more. And, um, and it, it brought us closer together. I, um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, I think for locker room talk, there's like, I remember there's a lot of rumors going around. Um, I do remember that there wasn't anyone who I think specifically said, Oh, did you hear that Luke is gay? They, but there was a lot of stuff where, you know, people would come up to me, um, and say, you know, oh, I heard, I heard that Luke may be gay, you, you know, and, um, 
you know, I, that didn't change anything for me. Honestly, it was something that I was like, you know, so, <laughs> so what, what if Luke is gay? Like, you know, what difference does that make? And, um, it was something that, you know, Luke, you know, I, I judge people on their, their character. Um, and Luke's character is the, one of the best I've ever seen in my life. Like Luke is a fantastic human being. Thank you, dude. And, um, yeah, that would, you know, there's something, you know, and, and coming out as gay, you know, it's, it's something that if Luke, um, if that is going to make Luke happier, then I am all for it. I am, you know, I, I love Luke and I want his happiness, um, you know, as much as I want my own happiness. And so, um, you know, if that, you know, even helps his happiness at all, I, I would, I support it completely. If Luke's dating men and, um, if, if Luke one day marries a man, which seems like likely, um, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Luke was pretty open about um, how will you attend his wedding? And if so, why? Of course. Um, like, of course. I mean, if he'll have me. Best <laughs> <Yes>, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, of course. There, there is, you know, in, in the doctrine of our church, you know, that is, that is against the doctrine of our church. Um, but the first commandment is to love one another. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, without getting a ton into, you know, our, our, our church, I, I think that, um, that it's so important. I think that number one commandment is so, so much more important than, um, than, you know, things that are, you know, of our, you know, against, you know, the LGBTQ, um, cause it, in nowhere does it say that we need to, you know, oppose them or, you know, you know, be against them or, you know, it's, it, I think that that's more of a cultural thing. Um, and if I think about what the savior would do in that moment, I, I think that he would support someone way, way more than, you know, obviously he supported everyone. He was an advocate for everyone. Um, and so I, I, um, with Luke, I mean, you know, going against, you know, what, you know, I, the, you know, the doctrine of our church again, it's, it's, it's more, um, you know, and aside from, you know, their church and everything, I think that it's more the fact that I, you know, I just love Luke. Luke's, you know, he's one of my best friends and of course I'm going to be there for him on, on his big day, you know, like that's, you know, I want to be there at any time that I, you know, I can. So. It's a really good answer. It's a, it's a hard question for, yeah. <laughs> for an LDS youth your age, but maybe it's not because maybe you simplify it the way you did and just say the doctrine of Christ is to love one another. And of mm. course I'm going to be there mm-hmm. at all my friends' big moments. Um, and I'm just going to support them mm-hmm. as they are making their way forward in life. And, and you don't sell out any of our doctrine to do that. You just mm-hmm. live the live the doctrine that Christ taught. Yeah. So I think in a way you make it simpler and maybe our generation's made it more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. Thoughts on as you're hearing Andrew talk that come to your mind, you want to share Luke? I think love is the answer. It, I don't think it matters who you love. I think if you love one another, things are going to work out. That's, that's basically what I'm hearing from Andrew. <laughs> and that's yeah. what I think everyone should take away from any of your podcasts, I think. I think that's 
what you stand for. I think that's what I stand for. And that's what Andrew stands for. And that's really what everyone should stand for. Mm -hmm. It's just love each other. Simple. It's an easy answer. Talk about coming out to Andrew. Just, I'm not, I can't remember if we did that earlier in the podcast. Talk about that conversation. Do you remember? If we talked about Ooh. it, I can't remember. <laughs> so um, I took Andrew and our friend Gabe upstairs. Um, we're sitting on the couch and I was like, listen, I need to tell you guys something. Um, and I was like, I don't want you guys to get weird. <laughs> I want you guys to think this changes anything, but uh, I'm gay. And Andrew was like, dude, I know. <laughs> and Gabe was like, well, it doesn't matter. We've been through too much already. Like, we got your back no matter what. And then that was that. And then we went to an arcade. Yeah. After, <laughs> yeah. after yeah. that, we went to the arcade and had a good yeah. night. Were well, you glad they didn't ask a bunch of follow-up questions? Were you glad that you just went to an arcade? Well, or did they ask a lot of follow-up questions? Honestly, I don't remember what they asked. Do you remember? I, think we, I mean, we may have asked a couple of questions. The whole time I had a big smile on my face. I was like, finally, dude. I, <laughs> well, it, yeah. I, I mean, it was... I think we did ask a couple. But I mean, it wasn't... Nothing intrusive or yeah. anything. And, and I told them, I was like, you guys can ask me anything. Like, I'm an open book. Um, like, this is my moment of... Um, like clarity with you guys like if you have any lingering questions like let me know because i want to be 100 percent with you guys yeah. and i want there to be that that trust and communication and so they they asked some questions i don't remember what they were i don't think it really matters that much mm -hmm. but uh well it was the, the big takeaway from it it was simple it was you know it was a simple talk because it wasn't something that we needed to didn't need to be complicated exactly um and that's that was more of a testament to our friendship and um, and what we mean to each other. And um, but that I mean that can be taken away in a lot of instances um, when you love someone. Um, it shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't matter. Um, you know, when you love someone, that love is still there no matter what happens. And um, so it's great. Um, this story had such a big impact on me when I did Luke's podcast back in July, and that's when I first met Andrew. I wrote it into the book with their permission, with their names, and it's on page 270 of this book that's come out. And I'll just read this section, if that's okay, listeners. <laughs> in July of 2019, my podcast figure featured Luke Warnock, who had recently graduated from a Salt Lake Area High School where he came out as gay. He served as a student body president as a key member of the state ba state championship basketball team. Luke, who is not a church member, is attending college and hopes to marry a man. This month, the month I interviewed Luke, I attended my 40th high school, high school reunion, and that's Highland High School. As part of the reunion, I watched a tribute of all those from our graduating class who had died, including a few that were gay. In 1979, it seemed many LGBTQ individuals left Utah for major cities where there were more acceptance and a feeling of belonging and support. Among the deceased was one of the finest from our class. But I never became his friend since I felt uncomfortable around gay people. I wasn't sure how to navigate this situation as an active Latter-day Saint. As I sat in our auditorium, I felt sad this good man was gone and not there to enjoy the reunion. I thought about his parents and siblings and their sadness at his passing and how society would have been brighter with his contributions. Then I reflected on Luke and the support he's receiving as he moves forward in his life. Luke and one of his friends, Andrew Heath, 
who um, from his basketball team visit with me at the at my home, and now we're doing this podcast. How ironic! Andrew, who is preparing for an LDS mission, reported nothing changed when Luke came out as gay. Andrew didn't withdraw his friendship. He already knew he didn't need to choose between supporting his gay friend and being a committed Latter-day Saint. As I sat there in my high school auditorium reunion, looking at the picture of my gay, gay classmate who had died, I wish I had the tools that Andrew had to extend this kind of friendship and kindness 40 years ago. Could I have made a difference for good in his life? I believe that in 40 years, Luke will attend his high school reunion, be warmly welcomed, and be making significant contributions. Luke wants to be a therapist. On some level, I feel at peace that legal gay marriage is a possible rope for Luke. Though this is outside the doctrine of our church, that path could give Luke vision and hope to make responsible and safe decisions as he continues in his life. And um, i go on with that, but... You, I hope you can feel the emotion because I just, this is such a, sitting in that high school reunion, looking at that young man in particular that died, he was one of the best from our class. And I just, just like you are, Luke. And Andrew sees you that way and didn't, and knew he just, his job was to continue to be your friend. And, and so I just recognize we're making progress in society. And your age group is helping us. So thank you for your personal example. And I wish I could have done what you did, Andrew. Maybe that's why I do this podcast and to make up for the sins of my past and not knowing how to navigate this road. Um, yeah, you're going to attend your high school reunion, Luke. 40 years sounds like a long way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the 10-year reunion sounds like a long way. Yeah. So student body president, are you responsible for those? Is, is it the senior class president? Senior, senior class. class. Yeah. I don't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed then. Um, one, that's in the chapter of the book. Another chapter of the book is um, Elder Minor is sitting in his mission in Oklahoma, and he tells Sister one of our leaders of our church talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't marginalize people. People marginalize people, and we need mm -hmm. to fix that. Mm -hmm. And in that chapter, I kind of talk about how we can do better within our church. And one example is Elder Minor, who's um, a high school friend of mine. His father is, and his son is serving a mission, is now home from Oklahoma. I'll read this section. During one leadership conference, our mission, for our mission, the subject came up about how we can improve. I raised my hand and talked about it. We could be more sensitive to our LGBTQ brothers and sisters by stopping gay jokes. Quote, we are the missionaries of Jesus Christ and his restored church. Our example as missionaries set the stage for the way the community sees us. Shouldn't we be the archetype of his love for all children? Another missionary commented a gay brother and dealt with cruel jokes from other members of the church. The mission president, Darren Mansell, then reaffirmed the comments by saying he has had some gay missionaries in the mission, many of which are some of his finest. Um, that day, we seemed to res resolve to repent and be more sensitive to the silent majority of those who have gay family members and friends. Any thoughts on any of that from either of you? Um, yeah, I mean, so I want to clarify too. Um, 
really quick, being a LGBTQ ally doesn't mean that you have to compromise or compromise any doctrines of the church. Um, I fully sustain, you know, our our church leaders, um, our the church doctrine. Uh, I, I want to clarify that before. Um, but you know, when your friend, like I said, when your friend, your best friend comes out as gay, um, it it makes you contemplate. You know, um, you know, maybe some of the it's not as much as the doctrine, but the the culture um, that's been around you contemplate, you know, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said this, like what, you know, is, you know, what do I believe, um, when it comes to this? Um, and seeing Luke has been a huge, and, and, you know, Luke, um, I, you know, this isn't, you know, we, you know, you're still kind of contemplating, a your belief with God and, um, things like that. I, you know, I, I believe in, in, in God and, um, and I, one of the things that I can see with Luke, um, whether, you know, you know, we, we may disagree on this. I don't know, but I, um, I can see Luke's plan. I've seen, I've seen his plan, um, through all the people that he's helped. Um, you know, and I, I've seen the culture change at, um, at our school. And I mean, as in Draper as a whole, you know, as, uh, around where we grew up, um, and we live, the culture has just changed. Um, and Luke, whether you see that or not, I, I feel like there is a purpose to that. And there that was, you know, designed and, um, it doesn't matter whether it's a, you know, the doctrine of the church or not. Um, you know, Luke has just as much of a right to have a, uh, the authority and the plan of heavenly father, uh, as anyone else. And I've seen that in his, in his life. And, you know, Luke, whether you, you, you know, I, what you think that is and what I think that is may be different, but I, you know, what I believe is that is, you know, that is Heavenly Father's plan for, for Luke. And I, and I, I just, it's incredible to me to see all the people that Luke has helped and, you know, the, the person he is. Great segment. Luke, your thoughts. I would agree with that. I, uh, we talked about this last time I was here for the podcast, but uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about God. I'm not sure if I believe in God or not. But um, when I came out and I started that journey, that was um, a really eye-opening experience for me. And it honestly made me believe in God, um, at least for that moment, because it felt like for the first time in my life, I had an actual purpose where I could make an actual difference. Um, and that's why I did your podcast. That's why I did that podcast with Jill. Um, that's why I, I made that promise to myself that I wouldn't lie to anyone about my sexuality because I felt like I, I didn't feel this. I knew that there were kids um, in my high school and I knew there were kids in the community. I knew there were adults in the community that were LGBTQ and uh, didn't feel comfortable with that because of the culture. And um, I saw an opportunity to to maybe, maybe not change it completely, but alter it a little bit, maybe just open people's eyes a little bit. Um, and that, that was a really, honestly, a spiritual experience for me. I would say my senior year was a very spiritual year for me. It it was something incredible. Um, yeah. Well, and, and regardless of, you know, whether you, you know, go to church or not, it's Luke is a very Christ-like person. Um, 
and he yeah he he is very in line with the the doctrine of of Christ um you know whether you know he follows it or not um you are very very close to the doctrine of Christ and that's one of the, you know uh, one of the things i respect about luke a ton um that's that's another thing is i uh we're we're having this podcast about our friendship despite our differences mm-hmm. but honestly i don't think we have a lot of differences we don't <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. I, I think like uh you're religious i'm not mm-hmm. i'm gay you're not mm-hmm. i think it basically stops there <laughs> yeah. um and i think that's that's one big thing is that uh is that we can all preach love mm-hmm. and you don't have to be religious to preach love mm-hmm. um we can all support each other you don't have to be religious to support people um it it really is that simple to me and i i think um we break down the barriers of um of how am i trying to word this i think society uh splits us apart i think society makes us at war with one another when really when you look at the when you strip it down and you look at who we are as people we're all very similar mm-hmm. what what makes me different from anyone else regardless of situation regardless of this we're all people mm-hmm. we're all trying to find love we all are trying our best really mm-hmm. and so if we can support each other and everyone's trying their best i think it's pretty simple well and that's that's one thing to add too is i think that a lot of people may look at that as it isn't simple you know and mm-hmm. uh, we are very different and you know but you know, I think that us knowing each other, we, we both know that we're very similar. Yeah. You know, we, everyone has different ideas. Everyone has different backgrounds, but you know, like Luke just said, we're, we're all the same. We're, we're all one people. So. Exactly. And, and that's another thing. I kind of like how we're bouncing off each other right here, but like you can disagree with people and still <laughs> yeah. be friends. I, that, yeah. that might seem like a shocking concept mm-hmm. to a lot of people, but me and Luke have fought before. Oh yeah, and I have <laughs> a lot of I have a lot of disagreements with uh-huh. a lot of my really close friends uh-huh. regardless regardless of what it is, politically, yeah. religiously, doesn't really matter. We can still be friends. Well, you can still love each other. And that that yeah, that doesn't change. If, yeah. If you're mature about mm-hmm. it and you respect each other's opinions, you don't have to have the same opinion. That's what makes it fun. Everyone yeah. has their own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you respect opinions, you don't have to agree with opinions and you can still be friends and you can still have a relationship well, and, and you can, that's beautiful you can say that our our opinions are are different from each other but you can say that in that way we are very different in opinions yeah um but that's one thing that i you know i i think about that one instance where we you know we me and luke had took taken a long drive we just basically talked about i mean it was like a six-hour drive or something we were driving down to lake powell um and we just talked about you know, all of our beliefs, but it was the most calm conversation. Like it was just something like, Hey, like, you know, I disagree with that, but no, I see where your point of view is, you know, and like stuff like that. And that's, that is, you know, what I feel like our, our world needs to, um, kind of be more like, because it doesn't, you know, you can disagree with someone and still, you know, love them. I, I mean, I'm just repeating what Luke just said, but you know, you can, you can disagree with people and you can, it's okay. You know, that's, you know, that's what this life is about. It's about disagreeing, finding your opinions. And, um, but one of the biggest things is just don't lose that love for someone and don't lose that, um, don't lose that, 
what, what word am I trying to look for here? Um, anyways, <laughs> don't, don't lose, yeah, that care for another person. Um, you know, you, you always love someone, you know, no matter what their background or opinion is. I, I like just letting you guys talk. <laughs> a yeah. good podcast host sometimes does very little talking, and I try yeah. to do that. Um, I like this conversation. This is a platform conversation for all of us because um, there's common ground here and there's differences. And and in a divisive world, I think we need the example of you two. And I like where you said there's really a lot we have in common. And if we really go, I call it the 40,000-foot level and LDS belief is that we're all the same, we're all brothers and sisters, the same heavenly parents. Mm-hmm. And so if I really own that, I just see everybody as my spiritual brother or sister in the mm-hmm. same human family. I talk about that a lot on social media, that we're the same human family, all three of us. And mm-hmm. if we see each other that way, I think it helps. I'm also struck with Andrew's comment about your, what you've, what you've done in the culture of Draper area and and some of that you're aware of, but I'm also struck with how many lives you've helped you're not even aware of, Luke. Mm-hmm. And maybe Heavenly Father, you know, has given you some real gifts so that you could be a real example. You're a natural leader. You're a great athlete. You're smart. You're going to have a great career in college. And as you know, you're, re- you're both really blessed. But I love the way you've taken the gifts that you've been given and you're using them to help other people. I'm on your social media. You were with an autistic kid on social media. Mm-hmm. And I could just tell you, you were so happy to be with this autistic kid. Um, and I know your, your master's degree that you want to do may allow you to do more work with autistic people. Grad school, hopefully. Yeah, grad school. Mm-hmm. So I look at, I, I do, you know, I don't want to get too preachy on you, but I just think if the God I believe in is really happy with you, Luke. Thank you. And the way you are blessing his children, particularly LGBTQ people that need someone to sort of um, pave the way for them or give them perspective. And and you're pretty honest with you had to get through this on your own. You had to sort of accept this about yourself. But I find that the people I talk to that then have close people around them accept it, that they it's easier for them to accept it. So when Andrew just accepts this and it, re- it helps you to feel better and and I believe those of that are able to believe in God and feel like God accepts us about them, um, that they do well too, because they believe that they're not a mistake or something didn't go awry and, and, and so on. And that doesn't mean our church teachings change, but I just believe everybody should feel like how they're created is how they're meant to be created. And it puts everybody on the same moral footing. Um, so I think that's good. Talk about, do you have... I mean, you're not part of any organized religion, Luke. And Luke, and sometimes organized or organized religions have had a pretty checkered past with LGBTQ people. Right. And often there's not a very good place for them, or often there's gay jokes we've kind of talked about it, the culture. And some would feel the even doctrine is not helpful. There's no path for a same sex marriage in most Christian faiths. So, how do you feel about your buddy Andrew going on a mission? I'm ecstatic for him. I, Why? He's worked so hard. If you know Andrew, you know how passionate he is. You know how much he cares about it. You know how how much it matters to him. And um, he's had a long journey. Um, he's he's done what he has to do. He's he's done a lot of self exploration, I imagine as well. And um, 
I mean, who am I to decide whose journey of self-exploration is more valid? You know what I mean? Where everyone's journey is equally valid. And so Andrew's journey isn't mine. Mine isn't his. But we support each other no matter what. And he's worked so hard. I'm so proud of him. And I think nothing but good is going to come out of it. I think he's going to grow a lot. Um, and I think it's going to be beautiful. And I'm just, honestly, I'm just pumped for him. I think it's going to be incredible. Well, assuming you can have a mission farewell in COVID, I don't know what the mm-hmm. rules are. Will you go to his mission farewell? Assuming that. Of course. Why? Of course. Why? I, I, he's my brother. I, and I mean, I, I've been to countless farewells. I've been to at least 30, <laughs> at least. Yeah. I, there there yeah. were days when there I a went tradition to, where all the brothers, yeah. in our high school, the tradition was they all sit on the first three rows. Yeah. I, and, I, I was scattered throughout the crowd, but I mean, I was there to support my friends. I, I don't care if I agree with your religion or not. I don't care if you agree with me or not. We're friends. I, I support people. I, if that's what they're going to do and if that's what's going to make them happy and that's, that's their path, I, I got their back. You know what I mean? And, there were days where I, I went to three farewells in the same day. I'd go mm-hmm. one yeah. and nine. And as soon as my friend's done talking, we'd sprint yeah. out the door, run to the next one, and then sprint out the door and go to the yeah. next one. And and I there were friends I couldn't go to theirs because I was going to other friends. <laughs> so and when it's farewell season, it gets crazy. But uh, And you don't get in trouble with your local ward for not showing up like my son does when he doesn't because you're not LDS. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I can go to... As many farewells as I want, and and I'll be there for all my friends, regardless of. Isn't of, that a fascinating? I thought of your answer attending his same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. and I thought of your answer going to his farewell, and the word support just comes to my mind: is that we're there for each other in their most important days. Mm-hmm. That's what friends are. Exactly. And it's part of the doctrine I think that Christ taught of grace. That's just mm-hmm. part of grace to me, mm-hmm. is that you're showing grace to Andrew, mm-hmm. and. And, and you're being there for him in his important moments and you're excited for him. And the way you answered that question, you actually said, this is something that's really important to him and he's, and he's done a lot of work to get to this point. And just like I've self-explored my path in life and have done work to get there, I love the way you said Andrew's done the same thing. He's, and I'm speaking for you a little bit. You've got a testimony in the church. We, we visited before we went live. You talked about your love of the Savior, the gospel. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you're not just... Uh, Missionary is kind of doing this out of duty. I can sense you're pretty jazzed about talking about <laughs> oh, yeah. the gospel. To say the least, yeah. <laughs> so any more thoughts from either of you on this, just as we're talking? Um, I mean, I maybe think that that is one thing that I insanely respect about Luke again, is just, you know, our respect of each other's opinions. That's what I love about our friendship is, you know, we may have different opinions. We talked about this before, but we have different opinions, but you know, it doesn't matter. But that is one thing that I've noticed that um, I, I sense on kind of both sides. Is it something that, you know, if you have, you know, other opinions than someone, usually that means that you, you have to um, I, I don't know. I've noticed that in my own life with, you know, I think that we talk about, you know, the LGBTQ community, um, which is the obvious, rightly so there, um, you know, there, there's more problems on that side, but it's interesting when I, when I talk about, you know, the church or, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of had to keep it secret as I went through college and stuff. Cause I, I knew that it just would bring up a conversation that, you know, that would, wouldn't be very positive. Um, and you know, it's not that I was ashamed of it at all. I'm, I'm so proud and happy to go on a mission 
Um, but it was something that, you know, I kind of avoided a conversation that I, you know, I knew was going to be a little negative, but it's one thing I just, you know, I insanely respect about me and Luke's relationship is, you know, we, we can freely talk about our opinions and, um, you know, it's not that we hide them, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I can't speak for Luke, but I don't feel like I've ever been able to, or I've ever, I've ever hid my opinions. No way. I speak my mind too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Luke's just an insanely honest person too. And, um, it's another thing I respect about him, but, um, that's one thing that I wish more, more of my friendships were, were like, um, and that's why I cherish our friendship as much as I do. Why will you be a better missionary? I have, because Luke has been in your life. Um, that's a leading question, but yeah. there's an inference there. <laughs> um, well, I, I think that it's, like I said, it, it causes you to contemplate. Um, and I think it's allowed me to reevaluate myself. Um, and when you're accepting of others who have differing opinions than you, you're becoming more Christ-like. And that's, that's all I want to be. Um, that's all I'm striving to be, you know, and going on a mission, I'm super excited to, you know, hopefully change some of my ways and, you know, be better by myself. But, um, what I'm teaching is the doctrine of Christ. And if I teach the doctrine of Christ, I want to be Christ-like and I want to, um, I want to be as closely related to him as I can. And, you know, that should be, whether you go on a mission or not, that should be your, your main goal. And what this has caused me to do is, um, I think it's helped me to feel uh, the love of Christ, the love of Christ for his children. I, th- I feel that love for Luke. Um, I feel, you know, how much Heavenly Father loves Luke. Um, and, you know, I, you know, that's, you know, how much I love him too. But I feel that love for Luke, maybe a, an, an instance. I mean, Heavenly Father loves Luke a lot more than I do, but it doesn't feel that way. Like I, I love Luke a lot and it's, um, and I feel like I feel a, a portion of that love and, you know, I'm hoping to, you know, kind of feel that way for other people as I, as I go out, you know, maybe harder cause Luke's pretty easy to love. And, um, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping to feel that same way about other people that I teach. My guess is if we, that's a great answer. My guess is if we had you on the podcast, you know, six months after your mission, that you're going to have some experiences that. Um, make it possible you to further help somebody because of your relationship with Luke. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a story that didn't make it in the book. My buddy, Willie Donahue, talked about his son being assigned to San Antonio, and they took him to the Alamo just on the first day they got there. And his son wandered over to um, somebody at the Alamo, and, he's, and the young man looked up to him, and I'm paraphrasing, says, your church hates me, I'm gay. And all the other missionaries couldn't really relate to this guy, but this Elder Donahoe or who just looked at him and says, Heavenly Father loves you. And he just, and he sensed a real connection that, you know, no one's ever from your faith ever said anything kind of to me or mm-hmm. um, would inter- interact with me. And I just think you're going to be able to, I wonder if you'll have an LGBT companion. Mm-hmm or someone in your mission that somehow gets that you are a safe person about this space and can open up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, I mean, I believe Heavenly Father is a plan, and I believe there's going to be gay missionaries in your mission. Mm-hmm. And it would be fascinating if that is part of your journey to be, and you, if my son were gay and going on a mission, I would pray 
that somebody like you would be his companion. You would be the answer to my prayer because I know you love my son and I know you see him the way you see Luke. And my son would probably, don't have any LGBTQ kids, but my son would probably be pretty nervous and aware of the culture of the missions that sometimes have gay jokes. And, and here he's out trying to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring people to Christ knowing he's gay. So I don't know, but my guess is you're going to be able to share with our listeners. You're going to reach some people that no one else in your mission can reach. Maybe I don't want to be that dramatic, but you uniquely will reach and help them to feel God's love because you know how to navigate this space and something I didn't know on my mission in England. And so to me, that's not a sign of the world going downhill that someone like Luke identifies as gay. To me, Satan's role in this whole thing is to, is to divide us and, and to make us feel if you're gay, that God wouldn't ever love anybody like me, or I can't love somebody like me. And but to me, what you both are doing is, is exactly what Satan doesn't want us to do is to continue to be friends and continue to find good in each other and support each other. And you guys are a great example of that. Appreciate that. Thank you. I love what you, you know, I mean, just going to read a little bit from the book and then turn it back to you guys for thoughts. Um, this is, um, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and with thy soul and with thy mind and all thy strength. This is the first great commandment. And the second name, second is namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandments can greater these. And then I comment, upon reading these verses, it may seem like the two commandments are not co-equal, as love thy neighbor as thyself is listed as a second great commandment, and thus may appear to be subordinate to the first commandment. Latter-day scripture, however, seems to place loving our neighbor as equal and central focus of our covenants. For instance, in Moses chapter 7, 33, these two commandments are lifted, listed in reverse order. Unto thy brethren I have said, and also give commandment, they should, they should love one another, and then they should choose me, their father. So they're reversed. They actually talk about love one another before a relationship with God. Um, the scriptures, in my opinion, do not suggest that one commandment is more important than the other. They indicate um, what I call the vertical and the horizontal of our baptism covenants are actually the same great commandment. That's to love our fellow. To love our fellow beings is to honor and obey God. There is no need to set up a false dichotomy in our minds that to fully love and follow God, we need to stop loving some of His children. And um, then we're in the LDS culture, we're known in the world as a peculiar people. Perhaps we can be known as a peculiar people in the future by doing what Andrew's doing and just loving LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. And I think how many more people would be drawn to the gospel of Jesus Christ through our restored church if, if we talk positively about LGBTQ people um, instead of a universal outside threat? Because... Mm -hmm. um, just some thoughts as I've been navigating that space um, that you guys are also navigating. Just some concluding thoughts. Any things that are coming to your mind, Luke or Andrew? Yeah. So one thing that I've kind of had on my mind that I would really um, enjoy the listeners to hear, but I haven't really had an opportunity to bring up. Good. Um, this is, is the platform. <laughs> exactly. Is like the locker room talk or the gay jokes or um, using the F word. Um, I think... I remember 
distinctively like first grade, second grade, kids are using the F word constantly, nonstop. It was like super common, super popular thing to do. Kids have to learn that from somewhere. And I think we need to squash any um, slandering of anyone, not just LGBT, but like it's difficult to um, to tell people to stop using language like that or stop making jokes like that. It's not an easy thing to do. It's stressful. It's probably going to start an argument. You're going to have to stand your ground. But um, it's easier if you're close to the person. So if you are close to someone who constantly makes gay jokes or jokes about women, which is extremely common, or jokes about any minorities whatsoever, or ableist jokes, or use the R word at all, stuff like that isn't okay. And it's easier to tell people to stop if you're close to them. And it's mm-hmm. people will listen more if someone who's close to them tells them to stop. Mm-hmm. So if we can all squash that within our own small circles, our own communities, it'll pay dividends because dividends because words have so much weight, especially in a culture where you feel like you aren't loved. And so like we were talking earlier in the locker room, when I was coming out and no one knew and words like that were being thrown around casually to other people, it's not a big deal. To me, it crushed me every single time. And there are so many people that get crushed by words, but cannot stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing I want to say to the listeners is use your privilege, use your confidence, and let's stop hate just in general of, mm-hmm. of all people. And I, I don't think humor is funny if it's at the dispense of someone else. Mm-hmm at the expense of someone else. If, if you're making fun of any type of person, it's not that funny. <laughs> and it, it hurts people. And you may not realize it, but your words hold weight and your words make a difference. So especially uh, like parents, if, if you create a culture that's accepting of, of slander and of um, racism and homophobia and sexism and ableism, your kids are going to your kids Will are going to spread that. ableism for our Exactly. So so ableism is discrimination of anyone with a disability, um mental or physical. Um and that's also extremely common, but it's one of the least recognized uh forms of discrimination. Um I'm actually taking a disability studies class right now and it's it's incredible and I think uh everyone could benefit from doing a little research on ableism. Um but yeah, just Use kind words. Don't make jokes at the expense of other people. It's not okay. And we need to create a culture where that is unacceptable. And, mm-hmm. and I also think that goes for religion. I think one thing I struggle with um, in the community of Draper, I was actually talking about this with an old friend yesterday, but uh, I felt like when I was in Draper, because I live in Salt Lake now, but it was either you're Mormon or you're anti Mormon. There was no mm-hmm. in between where you're okay with everyone. It was either you're LDS or you hated the LDS culture. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. I think because I have some disagreements with the LDS church and I'm not going to 
like hide those. But I also think there are great things about the LDS church that people who aren't LDS just blatantly fail to recognize. And I think uh, talking bad about anyone's religion um, is also equally as horrible. <laughs> so yeah. uh, just respect everyone, regardless well, of whoever they are. And I think that my relationship with you would be different if you came after my beliefs and were, you know, were saying like, you know, hateful things about, you know, the LDS church. I think that it, it would change our, our relationship. And I think that, you know, I would feel different about hanging out with you. It would be hard because that's my beliefs, you know, that's something. But the one thing is we're just, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, a couple of times, but I, you know, we're okay. Like it's a safe space with us. Luke can tell me anything. I can tell Luke anything. And I know that. And I hope Luke knows that. And, um, I guess with, you know, my comments, um, to add on to Luke, don't, don't wait, um, you know, until someone close to you, you know, is gay or, you know, is, um, you know, tells you to, you know, to not use that kind of language. Don't, don't wait, you know, prepare. If I could give any advice for, you know, from what I've, I've gone through, you know, don't wait to, to establish what your opinions are to, to truly feel what other people are feeling, you know, and, and put yourself in other people's positions because, you know, there is going to be a day problem, you know, most likely, you know, that you are going to have someone close to you who is going to come out as gay or is going to have other opinions than you or, you know, or is going to be, you know, using language that is hateful, you know, don't, don't wait to, um, you know, to on the spot, just, you know, be, you know, unprepared and, you know, prepare now, you know, prepare now. What do you believe? You know, what do you believe when it comes to, to all of our members, you know, who are listening to, you know, the podcasts, you know, who are, who are LDS, you know, what do you believe in the church? Because there isn't, you know, there, there is room for opinion. You know, it's, there's not an, an exact account for, for everything that, you know, we believe when it comes to uh, LGBT community, the LGBTQ community. Um, so establish your opinions. What do you believe? You know, because I know what I believe. Um, and I mean, you know, that is partially to what, you know, Luke is, Luke coming out has, you know, helped me to, you know, establish that with myself, what I believe. Um, but put yourself in someone else's position and say like, what if, you know, what if my, someone who was super close to me, you know, came out as gay, what would I, what would I think? What would I, what would I say to them? What would I, you know, and, you know, act that way, you know, because I guarantee if you, you know, and, and this is going more into, you know, my beliefs in the church, but I can promise that if you pray sincerely, you know, for an answer on what to do, what you believe uh, when it comes to LGBT community, it's going to be the same. You know, you love one another. Um, and I think I actually think I said earlier in the podcast that it was the number one commandment. All um, it's the number uh, two commandment, but, well, but like I, you said, it's all it's all, all fluid. It all is the same. Um, but I, I I promise to to all of our listeners, if you pray uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, that um, you know what what do I believe um, when it comes to the LGBT community? You know, it's going to be the same. So. Great. Any closing thoughts either of you have? Empathy. Just be a little more empathetic. <laughs> I think in a, in a culture of apathy, empathy will take you hundreds and hundreds of miles. I think, I think yeah. 
put yourself in other shoes um, and just love. And, and I think, I mean, listen, learn and love. That's what this podcast is called. So I think that's the big takeaway is listen to other people's opinions. Uh, respect them. You don't have to agree. Uh, learn. Uh, adjust your, your opinions based on other people's experiences. And then love. It's really it's that, simple. And I think you got it down. That was the word I was looking for before, by the way. <laughs> when, I was, when I was waiting, uh, <laughs> that was the word I was looking for. So good, good tie-in. <laughs> I put this in the book. It's on page 285. It's um, a tweet from Harper Don Forsgren, a returned missionary. She said, we as members of the church need to stop focusing on we need to love people because our love will bring them back to the church and instead focus on we need to love people because they deserve to be loved. And it seems like that's what you're teaching us here. You know, there's not an agenda-based love here where you're trying to Either of you are trying to pull each other one way, mm-hmm. and you're in, but you're just saying, we love each other, and there's no agenda here. And I just think that is what Christ wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that non-agenda love, if someone does feel they need some help down the road, they're most likely to open up to the people that show that to them. It's got to be unconditional. But it's, and so I think if you ever wanted to open up to somebody about your belief in God, you know— Andrew is going to be maybe one of the first guys you talk to because he just loves you and he oh, yeah. accepts where you are. And it's never been about an agenda for you to move you somewhere different than you are. And I just think that's what we do as parents and, and best friendships. And we honor each other. And you have some great, you know, when you talk, Luke, about um, no gay jokes and all these compassionate comments about marginalized groups, you know, you're really teaching the doctrine that Christ taught. <laughs> exactly. Um, we're not that really <laughs> exactly. It's full circle. Yeah. It's all full circle. And I look at what he taught and all those examples of people that he shouldn't be with, society shouldn't be. Those are timeless examples in my mind. And there's a bunch of them. It's not just a one-off that teach exactly what you just said, Luke. Both of you teach. So um, you guys are going to be friends for life and you've helped our listeners because a lot of listeners that are active LDS kind of want to know how to navigate this spot and are looking for principles to keep people in their lives they actually really love. Mm -hmm. Um, Parents for LGBTQ youth, um, young leaders, local leaders trying to navigate this. So this personal story of how you're navigating this, I promise is helping a lot of people. So thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for your friendship and your example. And I'll give you just, yeah, any, we'll let you each give the final word and then we'll sign off. Awesome. Um, this just came to my mind. This is Good. another thing I wanted to say earlier. <laughs> Good. Uh, so as a gay person in a very conservative, very religious community, um, I have personally uh, realized that a lot of homophobia isn't um, necessarily intentional. I don't think um, people are intentionally trying to be hateful. I think a lot of it is uh, ignorance and just not knowing. So I think the more conversations people can have mm-hmm. about the LGBT community, about marginalized communities, um, to kind of expand our, our social bubble mm-hmm. and get out of that and realize that there are more ways to life than the one you're living, I think that it will be like 
extremely important when trying to change the culture. I think just talking about LGBT people, talking about how it's okay to be different. Um, because when, when I came out, what I realized is that a lot of my friends just didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And when I explain things to them and when I share my story, it's kind of like a, like a light switch, like clicks. And they're like, this all makes sense now. And that's how it was for me too, which is crazy. When I was dealing with coming out, I was going to therapy and I, I needed some serious help. And I was like talking to my therapist. And I was like, I don't know how I can live my life. Like I don't, it feels like everything just changed in one instant. And what, what really stuck out to me the most that my therapist taught me is that I'm not any different, really. I'm still the exact same person. I'm still going to do the exact same thing I was going to do before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a career. I'm going to marry someone. I'm going to have a family. It, it was the exact same path. Mm-hmm. And when she explained that to me, my whole world changed. But I think there's so much stigma and there's so many negative connotations with the LGBT community that in, in your head, I don't know if our listeners know this term, but internalized homophobia is a huge issue for the LGBTQ community where because of culture, we breed a hatred for ourselves within us. And like, like I said, I had to come out to myself before I could come out to anyone else. And that coming out to myself was harder than coming out to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was because of the internalized homophobia that I um, had created within myself because of the culture. Um, so I think if we can just talk about it, just acknowledge it, even, you don't even have to talk about it, mm-hmm. acknowledge it. That actually makes a huge difference. Well, so. that's, that's the other, like, don't wait. It's <laughs> exactly. the other thing. Just don't wait until your best friend or your family member, or, you know, someone at work comes out. Don't, don't wait, you know, for a surprise, of, you know, of, of someone coming out, just know what you believe. Um, Make sure that that is in line with what the Savior wants or, you know, maybe your own moral compass um, or what's best for the other person. Um, but, you know, don't, don't wait. Be prepared. And I, going back to what you said earlier, um, as, you know, my final thought, I guess, is, is just I think that one of the things is it is, yeah, it's not that, you know, people are coming at you with bad intentions most of the time. Um, you know, there are people who have bad intentions, but, you know, it's, I think a lot of the time it's something that, you know, people don't always know how to navigate. Um, but I think that we have alternate um, intentions sometimes. We're not, it's not just loving to love like the Savior did. It's loving with the intent of coming to our church or, you know, or, you know, where we love you because we want you to, to do this. Um, and you can tell the difference, yeah, by the way. Can, that's, I was just going to say. I, I know a lot of people that I was just treated me say, that way. And, and you can tell. You yeah. can tell who's real and who's not. I was just going to say that, that yeah, people um, people can tell. It's something that, you know, if if you love someone to love someone, people are going to, like, you know, don't, obviously this is going back into alternate intentions. But if you do, if you truly do want someone to, you know, come to our church or, you know, you will love them just to love them. Don't, you know, that, and, you know, I think that that will allow people to have opinions for themselves. If they do want to come to their church, then 
they'll have the opinion to say, okay, I can make that opinion because I'm not being forced into it. You know, I've made that because I want to make that decision. And I think that that's something I can carry on my mission and other people can carry on their missions and everyone can carry in their daily lives. Um, you know, whether you're a part of this church or not. Um, so that's, I that's guess great. that's my, <laughs> um, this is a great podcast. I, my son is, um, just to update our listeners. I have a son that's Luke and Andrew's age. He, um, was on the basketball team that competed against these guys. Our son um, went on a mission to Samoa, and and that mission was shut down because of COVID. And his girlfriend came home from Australia, and their high school sweethearts, and they decided to get married. So they got married um, in August of 2019. And started school at BYU as two married 19-year-olds. I don't know if there's any other couple at BYU where they're both 19, but it just kind of you know, the differences, but look at all the common ground. I sat against you guys and rooted against you guys. And, um, but I'm just glad that, you know, and that's normal in high school sports, but this is a really powerful podcast for what you're teaching us. Um, this will probably be episode, I think 322, but we recorded 321 last night and, uh, LDS man, active LDS man, um, straight, um, at the end of that podcast, it didn't focus at all about LGBTQ. It just talked of his life journey. He read, he wanted to apologize to LGBTQ people. And he just recognized that he was the gay joke she talked about. And now he's in his career and has, has great LGBTQ people. And he read the most heartfelt apology. Um, and I just resonate with me because that's what I'm trying to do in some ways. And there's something healing about apologies. So if, if you want to go back and listen, that's right at the end of 321. But I think that apologizing um, can heal in a way that no other thing can. And neither of you guys need to apologize because you've done a good job in this space. But I know there's people that are just connecting the space that sort of become self-aware of they were the gay joke guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm self-aware of withdrawing from that buddy in high school. So thanks for teaching us about the doctrine of Christ. Thanks for teaching us about friendship. Um, thank you for teaching us about mature conversations and thoughtful conversations. You guys both have great lives ahead of you. And yeah, you're both going to walk into your 40-year reunion. You're going to still be best friends. You're going to have families. You're going to have great careers. And you're just going to, you know, continue to celebrate each other and support each other throughout your whole lives and bless a ton of people along that. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Mm -hmm.